0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Crime and Mystery channel. Before I get into the infamous case we're covering today, I'd like to drop a disclaimer about it and remind you that if you are not comfortable with any of the subjects I am about to mention, you are more than welcome to just click out of the- enjoy the other one I had posted already, or just go about your day and have a good one. Some of the topics in the we'll be discussing today involve murder, unsolved crime, dismemberment, So again, if you're uncomfortable with any of those topics, I do not blame you. No ill will or hard feelings. Just stay safe and go about your day. Today we'll be covering the Black Dahlia case. It was requested by a friend of mine. Also, her name was Elizabeth Short. A lot of people just know the case as the Black Dahlia because of the nickname it was given. But I would like to say that Elizabeth Short deserves to have her name be just as infamous as the case itself. Elizabeth Short, was a 22-year-old Hollywood hopeful living in Los Angeles. She was murdered in 1947, and it has never been solved. On the morning of January 15, 1947, a mother was taking her child out for a walk around the Los Angeles neighborhood when they stumbled onto a really gruesome sight. There was a body of a naked young woman sliced clean in half at the waist. Not only was she cut clean in half, but she was also propped up in to a very doll-like, mannequin-like display lying about the ground. And she had slice marks on both corners of her mouth that went basically up to her ear, giving her a very eerie and saddening smile permanently on her face post-mortem. Now, her body was just a few feet from the sidewalk and was posed in a way that the mother reportedly thought that it was just a mannequin at first glance. Despite the extensive mutilations and cuts on her body, there wasn't a drop of blood anywhere at the scene, indicating that the young woman was probably murdered somewhere else. The ensuing investigation was led by the LA Police Department and the FBI was asked to help they very quickly identified the body just 56 minutes into the fact of her being found after a blurred fingerprint via sound photo which is a primitive fax machine used by news services came from los angeles the young woman did in fact turn out to be 22 year old hollywood hopeful actress named elizabeth short she was later dubbed the black dahlia by the press for her rumored love of sheer black clothing and the Blue Dahlia, the movie that was out at the time. Short prints appeared twice in the FBI's massive collection. There are actually more than 100 million on file at that time. First, because she had applied for a job at the clerks and commissionaries of the Army's Camp Cook in California of January 1943, and second, because she had been arrested in Santa Barbara by the police for underage drinking 17 months later. The Bureau also had her mugshot in the files and provided it to the press. In support of the LA Police Department, the FBI ran her records and checked on potential suspects and conducted interviews across the nation. Based on early suspects that the murderer might have been, they assumed that it had the skills of dissection because the body was so neatly cut. The agents also asked to check a group of students at the University of Southern California Medical School. And in a tantalizing potential break in the case, the bureau also searched for a match to the fingerprints that were found on an anonymous letter, one of many, that were sent in and may have been sent to authorities by the killer themselves, but the prints were not in the FBI files and could not be matched to anybody. Who killed the Black Dahlia and why? All of that still remains a mystery. The murder has never been found, and this case has never been solved. And given how much time has passed since then, it's hard to tell if it will ever be solved. The legend around it just continues to grow and many people have speculations but don't have any hard concrete evidence on who or why this could have happened to Elizabeth Short. Now that we've covered the basis of the case, let's get into the many conspiracy theories of who could have done this to her. good to cover them and give some depth into the people who were suspects around the time of the case actually happening because of the complexities of this case the original investigators treated every single person who knew elizabeth short as a suspect who had to either be eliminated or investigated hundreds of people were considered suspects and thousands of people were interviewed by the police about 60 people confessed to the murder mostly men but some included a few women However, 24 people were actually considered to be viable suspects by the Los Angeles County District Attorneys. I'm not gonna read off the entire list of the names, but I will jump into some of the suspects and why they were considered suspects at the time. Walter Bailey. Bailey was a Los Angeles surgeon who lived one block south of the vacant lot which her body was found in. Until he left his wife in October of 1946, his daughter was a friend of Short's sister, Virginia and had been the matron of honor at her wedding. When Bailey died in January 1948, his autopsy showed that he was suffering from a degenerative brain disease. After his death, his widow alleged that his mistress knew a horrible secret about Bailey, and that was the main reason she became the beneficiary upon his death as a result. Bailey was never an official suspect in the case, but many medical doctors and others with medical training were. In secret testimony, Detective Harry Hansen, one of the original investigators, told the 1949 Los Angeles County Grand Jury that his opinion was that the killer had to be a top medical man and a fine surgeon at that. Bailey was 67 years old at the time and had no known history of violence or any criminal activity of any kind under his name. And not only known to have never met Short, even though his daughter was a friend of Short's older sister, when Larry Harnish of the Los Angeles Times copy editor and writer began studying the case in 1996, he eventually conducted that Bailey could be shorts killer, although critics of his theories question whether Bailey's mental or physical condition at the time of the murder would have been consistent to commission this kind of crime. The original theories of the investigators said that the body was cut in half because the killer was not strong enough to move it intact and that could be a partial answer on why. However, it was theorized that Bailey's neurological deterioration contributed to his alleged violence against Short as well. Some have suggested that the secret Bailey's mistress was hiding and blackmailing him for was that he had performed abortions and then a crime. However, there was no evidence that either of those happened by Bailey or his associates. Author James Elroy endorsed his theory in 2001 in the film James Elroy's Feast of Death. Among Harnish's behavioral and psychological evidence, Bailey's neurodegenerative condition was known to produce violent behavior in otherwise passive individuals. His surgical specializations included mastectomies, hysterectomies, and the surgical removal of fat. Now we'll get into the next person who was considered a person of interest, Norman Chandler. Donald Wolfe's book made in 2005 the Black Dahlia Files, The Mob, The Mogul, and The Murder, that had transfixed Los Angeles' name to Norman Chandler, publisher of the Los Angeles Times from 1945 to 1960, as a suspect in the murder. It was a really complicated scenario involving multiple perpetrators. Wolf claims that Chandler impregnated Short while she was working as a call girl for the notorious Hollywood Madame Brenda Allen, which led to her murder at the hands of a gangster, Bugsy Seagal. Wolf claimed that Short's was a prostitute and is at odds with the Los Angeles County District Attorney's files, which is plainly stated that she was not, as Wolf asserts, pregnant. Another one of the suspected perpetrators was a Joseph A. Dumas. Dumas was a 29-year-old soldier stationed at Fort Dix, New Jersey. He confessed to Short's murder a week or two after it occurred, although his breakthrough was quickly dismissed by the original investigators. Los Angeles Press covered it enthusiastically until it was revealed that Dumas had in fact been at Fort Dix at the time of the murder. Dumas was cleared of any involvement of the crime, although he continued to claim that he had killed Short each time he was arrested for various other offenses well into the 1950s. Mark Hansen. Mark Hansen was a Hollywood nightclub owner whose house Short lived at for a while. It was unknown if she was paying board or was just a guest, but on several occasions between May 1946 and October of 1946, Hansen's girlfriend, Ann Toth, shared a room with Short in his house, which was near Hansen's nightclub. Short called Hansen from San Diego on January 8th, making him one of the last people to have known who ever spoke to her. The Los Angeles County District Attorney's file indicates that Hansen made contradictory statements to authorities about the nature of his conversation. An address book embossed with Hanson's name was among Short's belongings that were mailed to the Los Angeles examiner after her murder. The address book belonged to Hansen, but had never been used. Short had been using it of her own. The DA's file in also indicates that Hansen had tried to seduce Short, but was rebuffed. He was one of the first serious suspects in the case, and he still is a prime suspect as late as 1951. Hansen was also linked to three other suspects, each of whom were medical doctors, Dr. Patrick S. O'Reilly, Dr. M. M. Schwartz, and Dr. Arthur McGinnis-Fraught. Dr. George Hodel. He came under police scrutiny in October of 1949 when his 14-year-old daughter, Tamar, accused him of molesting her. Despite three witnesses testifying that they had seen Hodel having sex with Tamar, he was acquitted in December of 1949. The trial led the LAPD to include Hodel, a physician specializing in sexually transmitted disease among its many suspects in the Dahlia case. Police put Hodel under surveillance from February 18th to March 27, 1950, just to ascertain whether he could be implicated in the murder. In the surviving transcripts of the microphone recordings, Hodel was heard making really highly incriminating statements. This is a quote. Suppose I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. They thought there were something fishy here. Anyways, now they may have figured it out, killed her, maybe I did kill my secretary. The secretary that Hodel was referencing was named Ruth Spalding, who police had previously suspected of being murdered by Hodel in 1945. Now, one of the two famous suspects that we're going to be covering's name is Orson Welles. In a book in 2000 by Mary Pecos, a former neighbor of the Short family in Medford, Massachusetts, She had suggested that the filmmaker Orson Welles as a suspect and then based these series on such facts as Welles' volatile temperament and his creation of mannequins three months before Short's untimely death. They supposedly featured lacerations that were identical to the ones that were inflicted on Short's body. The mannequin were used in the movie House of Mirrors and a set for The Lady from Shanghai, a film that Wells was making with his ex-wife around the time of the murder. The scenes contained in the set were deleted from the film by Harry Cohn. In one of Short's last letters home, her older sister Virginia claimed that she had written that a movie director was going to give her a screen test. Pacio also cited Wells' familiarity with the site that the body was found and that the magic act he performed to entertain soldiers during World War II would be held there. She believed that the bisection of the body was part of the killer's signature and an acting out of perpetrator's obsession. Wells applied for his passport on January 24, 1947, the same day that the killer mailed the packet to the Los Angeles newspapers. Due to all of these facts, And according to Pacios, witnesses had interviewed with her, stating that Wells and the victim both frequented Brittenham's restaurant in Los Angeles during the same time period, and the waitress believed that Short was going out with somebody at Columbia Pictures. Wells was never a confirmed suspect in the investigation, however. The last suspect we'll be covering is Bugsy Seagal. Although he was very highly unlikely to be involved, he is still somebody that people suspect could have been involved with the murder of Short. The Los Angeles mobster Benjamin Bugsy Seagal was allegedly a suspect in the murder investigation of Short for the reason that he is a suspect remains unclear, however, especially since Seagal was way more concerned at the time with his Flamingo Hotel and Casino and he was known to be a ladies' man, not a lady killer. Seagal was also involved with Chicago outfit Starlet at the time and his on-and-off girlfriend Virginia Hill. Still, according to Don Wolf's book The Black Dahlia Files, The Mob, The Mogul, and the Murder that transfixed the Los Angeles for a while, Seagal was the actual murderer. It had been surmised that if Seagal did have any involvement with the Dahlia murder at all, he would have had sent Mickey Cohen or one of his henchmen Yet another theory was that the murder might have been an attempt to frame Seagal by Jack Duranga, who was wanting revenge for Seagal's attack on Duranga's business's interests since he arrived in the 1930s. And that's all I could find to talk about that I felt were relevant to this case or would be interesting to talk about. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, Make sure that you follow and subscribe. If you'd like to have a specific case covered, I take suggestions in the comments of our YouTube videos on the page, Wild Plants X, Crime and Mysteries. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you hydrate and stay safe.